Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. We've been talking about God, obviously, we're studying the Bible, talking about God, what he's like, how to delight in him, and we've talked about things that are awfully easy to be delighted in, such as his mercy, his love, his goodness, his truth, his all-knowingness, his omniscience, his omnipotence, his holiness, things that shall we say, as believers, it's easy to delight in. Today, I'd like to talk about something we should delight in, but it's a little bit tougher for some people, and that is the wrath of God, the judgment of God. I don't know what you think about that. You know, I was doing some research on this, and it seemed like most of the good websites I went to that talk about, that you normally trust, that can be helpful in your Bible study, it's almost like they were apologizing for the wrath of God. It's almost like they were trying to explain it. It's not as bad as you think, or don't put it this way. And there's no doubt that the enemy of our soul will try and distort what God's wrath looks like. Maybe you've been a victim of a, of a, uh, a parent that was, had out-of-control anger. Or I remember once I was in Europe and I was teaching my translator. My translator was a great translator, but she didn't believe in God. She knew her the language well, and she translated well. And I remember right in the middle of my teaching once, literally right in the middle, she stopped translating, looked at me, and she says, when I think of God, I just, he sounds like the dictator from the communist country I came to, a tyrant who who just has this power. And and she had this this her background when she thought about God's judgment or who God was, it reminded her of this communist, tyrannical dictator that she'd grown up under that she hated. And she was transferring those ideas into God and wondering, how is God not like this? And so we've got to be careful. Yes, we don't want to think that the wrath judgments of God are similar to the wrath and judgments of man. We'll see a verse on this here in a moment. But we don't want to go the other way and kind of feel like we need to apologize or be embarrassed by God's wrath. God is a God who judges evil. There is evil in our world. Oh my goodness, you and I know there's a lot of it. You watch the news, you hear the news, you see corruption, you see greed, you see lying, you see cheating, you see immorality, you see things that are are abusive. And we know that God is not passive towards this. God could ignore it, pretend, well, you're human, Every, everybody does wrong, and so we'll just ignore it. God could celebrate evil. There are some gods and some religions that, that are bad gods, and they celebrate what is evil. But no, our God does not ignore it. He's not passive. Our God does not celebrate it and, and affirm evil. Our God judges evil. And in a time when in our culture, you and I, There's pressure upon us to celebrate what is wrong and evil, to not be judgmental, to be passive towards what is wrong around us, to to either ignore it or even be pressured to celebrate it. Our God judges evil, and we should rejoice in that. We should praise him for that, and we should make sure that we understand how that relates to us. We'll get to that in just a moment, okay? Let's look at some verses on this idea of judgment. And it's important that we understand that, first of all, something about God, the judgments of the Lord are true. They're righteous all together. This is the first thing we need to understand. You know, we do see corruption in our, ju- in our judicial system. We can have the best judicial system known to man, the best we've ever had. 
And I think ours is pretty good. And yet, there's a lot of corruption in it. There's a lot of double standards. There's a lot of people, bad guys who get away. There's a lot of good guys who seem to be falsely evidence planted against them or whatever. Not so with God. It will never be like this. God, we've seen he's omniscient. He knows everything. You're not going to sneak something by God on judgment day. You're not going to be able to plant some false evidence that makes someone look guilty who really isn't on judgment day. God sees and knows everything. His judgments are true and righteous. His judgments aren't going to be affected by bigotry or prejudice. God loves people. He's, he's, he's a good God. He wants to forgive. He's quick to forgive, ready to forgive. He sent his son so we could be forgiven. But God is not going to have a, a subtle prejudging, prejudice, bigotry, bias that treats someone unfairly. We can be confident of that. Our God is, his judgments are true and righteous. Don't compare him with others. Don't look at injustices in our world and think that God will be unjust on judgment day. He won't be. God's judgment will be true and righteous. They always are. They're based in, in fact, they're based in, not in an emotion. Not a, he's not a God who flies off the handle because you did something that irritated him. He's a God whose judgments are based on truth and righteousness and goodness. Let's look at examples, something God said in the Old Testament, all right? Moses had asked God to, he'd asked to see God. Can I see your face, God? And God, well, you can't do that, but I'll pass before you and, and you can see that you can see me in the cleft of the rock. And when Moses saw God, this is what he said, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger. Our God is not one who flies off the handle. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth who keeps loving kindness for thousands and who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. This is what our God is like. This is his nature. But God responds when there's evil. God responds to the rebellion afoot in human human nature. God responds when there is evil that is done that is harmful to us, to the world, to others. And so it says, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. This is an important thing to realize. God is patient, slow to anger, forgiving, but he won't leave the guilty unpunished. Sometimes sometimes his punishment comes quickly. Sometimes it doesn't. We can think that because we've gotten away with something in the past, we'll always get away with it. Indeed, that's what sometimes kids or criminals think. I got away with it, I'll be able to do it again. God does not leave the guilty unpunished. Look at even what he does, visiting the iniquity of fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. Yes, there are such things as generational sins and generational judgments that come upon people from sins that were done by fathers uh, fathers and grandfathers that's like they're passed down. You see these things in families often. Uh, greed can be passed down. Lust can be passed down. The, the sins that, that dominated a family, broken relationships, broken families, incest and abuse in the family, sexual immorality in the family, uh, theft, all these things. It seems like the kids learn it from their parents 
and the grandkids. And unless it is broken, it can continue on. Unless it is broken, these sins, it's like it's passed on to each generation. Well, this is what our God does. Our God breaks the sin. Jesus came to break the chain and to bear the wrath of God so that we might be forgiven. Let's look at what it says here. Jesus said, he who believes in the Son has eternal life, but who does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Wait a minute, you say. I thought wrath was only an Old Testament concept. I thought the wrath of God, I mean, we see, you know, the flood, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, judgments in Egypt, uh, judgments upon Israel by the Assyrians and Babylonians. I thought wrath and judgment was only an Old Testament concept. No, not at all. The greatest expression of the wrath of God, hear this carefully, the greatest expression of the wrath of God was when Jesus bore the wrath of God dying upon the cross for our sins. He bore the sins of the world that day. All the sins of the world fell upon him. This was the greatest exhibit of the wrath of God. And of course, one day we'll see the wrath of God as expressed in the judgments at the end of the world in the book of Revelation, and we'll see the wrath of God upon in eternal judgment upon the great white throne judgment and those who stand before God, the books are open, their life is judged, they're held accountable, and the wrath of God will be exhibited on them as they're thrown into the lake of fire. But it need not be that way. Jesus took our wrath upon himself so that we who believe in the Son have eternal life, but those who don't have the wrath of God abiding on them, abiding over them, waiting upon them. Look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 9. Much more than having been justified by the blood of Jesus, by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. My friends, if you have come to Jesus Christ, if he's borne your sins, if he's your Savior and your Lord, you have escaped the wrath of God. You're not under it anymore. You've been saved from the wrath of God. If you not, the wrath of God abides on you now, and one day it will be poured out, and oh my goodness, I would urge you, flee from that judgment. It's real. It's coming. Flee from it to come to Jesus Christ, receive his salvation, be saved, be born again. This is what we all want to do. This is what we all need to do. You need not bear the wrath and judgment of God. You need not do it. Come to Jesus Christ, receive his salvation. I quickly want to add, because as we've been looking at all these different attributes of God, we've seen how they affect us. Well, this is one that we're not necessarily to imitate. Notice what it says in Romans 12, 19. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. It's up to God to repay. Now, there's room in, there's room for civil justice, there's room for courts and law and the punishment of sin on earth by the government and so on. But on our part, never take your own vengeance. Never be a person of revenge. Never be a person who's got to get even all the time. Leave room for God to take care of that, and he will. We're called to love people, to be at peace with people. We're called to overcome evil with good. God will bring his judgment upon them fairly and rightly at the right time. 
Sometimes let's just say, let's leave that in his hands. This does not mean at all that if you've been a victim of a crime, you should say, I won't press charges. That's not what this is saying. It's saying from your own heart, release and forgive so that you're not held bound and captive with hatred and vengeance towards a person. And then we read in James chapter 119, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Again, we leave things in God's hand. We, we, uh, we, we rest in the Lord. We pursue legal justice, that's fine. We do the right thing, but we don't think that by my anger I can intimidate people into doing what's right. No, no, that's not how it works. We rest in the Lord and we trust in him to accomplish his purposes. Father in heaven, hallelujah. We thank you for your justice. We thank you that it's right in every way. We thank you that you will punish evil. And we thank you that people who sin and hurt other people and violate your laws, they don't get away with it. There is a day of judgment coming. We think that even now they abide under your wrath and someday more is coming. How we pray and thank you that in Jesus Christ, you bore our wrath for us, Jesus, and now we've escaped the judgments of God. Thank you for your mercy, your kindness, and grace. Oh, we pray for your gospel to spread through the world. We think of so many people under the wrath of God who are lost. And how we pray, Father, for the gospel to go forth and to save them. Help us to be courageous, to give people hope, and to tell them how they too can escape the wrath of God, the judgment of God, find freedom. I pray, Lord, for those even listening today who there's generational sins that are passed down. Break the chains, we pray. Break the chains and give them a, a freedom through Jesus Christ to be living the new life as a new creature. We pray and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for being with me today, folks. I love having you along with us. We get in the Word of God every day. We've been delighting in the nature of God, in the attributes of God. I hope you join me. If you're new today, go back and listen over the last couple weeks and see some of the other attributes of God that you can be delighting in. We delight in the Lord. We love Him. We worship Him. He's good altogether. So until we meet tomorrow, my God bless you, strengthen you, fill you with the joy of the Lord, fill you with that understanding of right and wrong and gratitude that we're forgiven in Jesus Christ. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.